Welcome to Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ, and today we sat down in the Movie Film Studios lounge room theatre and watched a whole bunch of trailers that we're now going to unravel and then re-ravel for your viewing or listening pleasure. Uh, but before we get into that, and I do like that you've branded my lounge room as <laughs> as a lounge room theatre, yeah. uh, which we get a plaque made up and put on the wall. Yeah. Uh, we could even have the Memorial Memorial Theatre. Um, <laughs> in, in honour of the Memorial Theatre we yes. once owned. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, the more Memorial Theatre Memorial, I yep. think, would be a, <laughs> a fitting tribute. Um, box office report. Yes. Uh, so last week we put together that fantastic uh, carpic, uh, carpic couples romantic comedy uh, date night film, not which was not called date night. Called it was date called night. Uh, book club. Book how, did, how did that go, uh, AJ? So bad news. You know that uh, we tried to get Amy Poehler and Will Arnett we back did. together. Yep. We weren't going to shoot them together. We we're going to shoot them separately and then comp them together the plan. to say the same lines, and it would look great. It would feel very, very creepy. Unfortunately, they found out that we were going to do this. Was it Tina Fey? Did Tina? Yeah, what? Tina Fey dropped by. Realized that uh, that Will Arnett was there. Figured out that Amy Poehler had already shot the lines there and started talking to her about it. It was a big brouhaha. They got their own lawyers involved. Uh, and what it all boiled down to is now in the contract, in our contract for making this film, we are contractually obligated to only use any of the new offspring that Will Arnett and Amy Poehler create if they get back together. So basically what's going to happen is we're going to have to wait until they get back together and then have another kid and then for that kid to grow up and become an actor to then complete our film. Oh, like that's a really bad legal deal. I know, I know. But this is what happens when you don't have 50 floors of lawyers. I had to do all the legal papers. I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) It shows. It certainly shows. Well, that's like a 25-year hiatus on... uh, on, Is there no way we can like like cut just cut their scenes together in a way or use existing footage from old <laughs> material that they've been in to like <laughs> finish the film off look we could we could try that i, I like we we are now essentially a, a one film um studio this yeah. is the this is all our money's writing on this we have to get this to the screen as soon as possible yeah i know I think we're going to have to do some editing wizardry. We're going to have to get in a, a stand-in and, and put it, Peter Cushing, <laughs> Grand Moff Tarkin there, Will Arnett or Amy Poehler's uh, face onto them or potentially some sort of mix-up of the two. Yeah, if we, we ma- can we mash the two of their I faces together? We and need create... to get this into screens, whatever it takes. Okay, if we CGI their faces together and do a face mash-up, yes. uh, then we can create a whole new legally distinct Person. actor. And that, I mean, that saves us waiting for them to create exactly. a whole new legally exactly. distinct person who is Look, half of one and half of I've the other. I've tried paying for them to go on dates as well, and they refuse to do it. There's uh-huh. no chemistry there, apparently, anymore. Okay. So I don't know what to do. This is what happens, okay? I, I can't be all right. blamed for all this. That's I'm not fine. a lawyer. There's there's roadblocks in the way, and, and we at Movie Film Studios never let them uh, <laughs> hold us back. We burst through them, and this is one problem, <laughs> and we're just going to have to keep on going, whatever, yeah. it, whatever it takes. Nicolas Cage was fine, by the way. He's done all these scenes. He shot them all. He shot like two hours worth of reel, even though he's only in the last fifteen. Minutes. I know exactly. It gives us so much choice. I know, and and like some, like 
the supercuts on YouTube are all his crazy acting. Yeah. He does some really, really good acting, really great takes yeah. that the directors don't use. Yeah. It's just really straight. I mean, he's a consummate professional. He he does a range of takes. Mm-hmm. He um, offers uh, critiques on his own acting. Yep. He's very um, receptive to criticism. And, yep. and it's it's just a, such a pleasure to work with. I know how to fix this then. We get him back in the studio. He will do the motion capture for our... Uh, Amy Poehler, Will Arnett, Freakazoid actor. He does have a very Will Arnett body type. He does, yeah. So maybe, in fact, we might not even have to do it with CGI. If we just prosthetics his face up a little bit. Gary Oldman. Yeah, we, we, (laughs) yep. We can make a mashup of Will and Amy, finish the film, salvage it, get it out into cinemas, get it on Mephuzawadada, and we'll we'll get some coin flowing back into the studio. All right. So you heard it here, the, the... you know, I know you've been reading the, the press journals and the blogs that there's been trouble on set, but I'm here to tell you we're working through it and yep. you'll be uh, you'll be seeing book clubs uh, very, very, very shortly. Very soon, before, before uh, the other one comes out. Yeah, before Game, Game Night, Night yep. even comes out at the movies. Um, all right, so let's get into the trailers that we watched this week. We've obviously got to beat these big studios to the box yes, office. Yes, we do. Um, it was the Super Bowl on uh, on Monday night. Yep. and sports were played. I, I, I say Monday night. It was Monday in Australia. I believe it's Sunday night in America. Mm-hmm. Uh Obviously, Super Bowl renowned for the ads. Lots of like little snippety, trailery bits during the ad commercials. All of them sort of say afterwards, if you want to watch the full commercial, <laughs> go to YouTube.com or go to our website. I'm like, you cheap studios. Like, oh, we have a longer trailer. Where it's so expensive, guys. It's so expensive. Here's a little bit of it. Can you please come to our website and watch the rest of it? Um, I'm like, screw you. And then, obviously, we went to the website and watched the, the rest of it. Hey, can we do that for theatre releases now? Can we have like half of our film play in theatres and then say... To see the rest yeah, of it, that's not tune into Mephuzzle to do it, it. It costs a lot less for a trailer block yeah. in a movie than like so. We're not going to be able to pay for the the full screener. Yeah, yeah so yeah. we put snippets of our movie as trailers, which I suppose is what the <laughs> trailers actually are. But say if you actually want to watch the rest of this film, yeah. pay for our subscription service. Exactly. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Monetize, monetize, monetize. Well, if we can get them to pay you to watch the trailer and then get them to pay you to watch the film, exactly. Like, I think that's. That's where most studios go wrong because you're not charging for the trailers, but I think we should. I think we should. We yeah. double bill it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so one of the trailers we watched this week was, of course, uh, another chapter in the grand Star Wars saga, and that is Solo, a Star Wars story, following on from Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Uh, Solo deals with the exploits of a very young Han Solo and his rise through the ranks, I guess, of the... No, that doesn't make sense. Not the rise of the ranks, but just sort of his origin story. Yeah. Like, so, I believe, from from the... Um, there's two trailers. Again, there's the, the Super Bowl spot, which is like a 30-second ad, mm-hmm. and then there's like a minute and a half trailer. Now, I saw the Super Bowl ads during the during the Super Bowl, yep. and it kind of gave me tingly goosebumps because I'm like, ooh, all my characters, you have... Uh, um, Lando Calrissian with his sort of cool beard. You kind of have snippets of Chewbacca and uh, I was going to say Woody Harrelson. It is Woody Harrelson. It is, it is Woody Harrelson. Yeah, and I don't Daenerys know the Targaryen. Name and um, uh, they're all in there. I'm like, oh, like nice little shots. This is really good. And then you said you watched the the trailer because yes. you followed the link to YouTube. I did and watched it. And the trailer's pretty crappy, to yeah. be honest. It's really bad dialogue. So the biggest thing is that so you've got some. Um, Alden Ehrenreich, um, who <laughs> yep. has been cast to somehow try and embody a young Harrison Ford. Yeah. And he kind of looks a little, a little bit. Like, there's yeah. some shots, some, some pauses like uh, and screenshots of him where he looks much more like a young Brad Pitt <laughs> or even like Benicio Del Toro's got a little bit okay, of that sort yep. of like look to him as well. And, but... What makes Harrison Ford great is his easy confidence and his swagger yeah. and his like sort of slow, 
uh, is it just like this? There's an ineffable quality about him. Yeah. That Alden just doesn't have, yeah. and it's just missing, and it's not there. I don't know. I don't which, know what to which think could about the be the point of this, right? To show him in his younger days when he wasn't as assured or as bold or as uh, charming. Um, but to me, it just doesn't feel right. I think it's one of those roles where Har- uh, where Harrison Ford left such an indelible mark on the whole thing that anyone else coming in to do it is just going to feel really, really weird. Yeah. But so, still, I mean... like it t- Let's say... Imagine, like, trying to recast um, Marlon Brando. Well, I suppose they did that in The Godfather anyway, because... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, Robert De Niro, well, yeah. Yeah. Played a, a young Marlon Brando. That's and right. Maybe even won an Academy Award for it. All Possibly. Was nominated. So, <laughs> let's try- pick a different example, AJ. This <laughs> one's not a good one. Bail out. Bail out. <laughs> Uh, okay. It's like uh, if they were doing a young Dumb and Dumber and they can't. Oh no, they can't cast a young Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. Oh no, bail out, RG. This is it's a bad like example. If they, it's like if they cast a young Robin Williams in Jumanji and. Oh, hang on a sec. They didn't actually cast. Oh, they, no, they cast an older Alan Parrish <laughs> as Robin Williams. Oh, it was weird. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it is, it is very difficult to do and they've. Uh, who knows? I mean, we can't really assess from the trailer. I was I was quite impressed by the Super Bowl spot, less impressed by the film. When you've got the pedigree of... I mean, it's really trying to stand up to Rogue One. I yeah. think Rogue One was the last sort of really good Star Wars film. I enjoyed it. Um, it just, to me, this Han film feels very tonally not like Star Wars. It doesn't feel right. But I, 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 feel, I felt as though the, the most recent... Um, What's the one called? Wasn't The Force Awakens? Uh, the Last Jedi? Last Jedi. See, I've already banished the name <laughs> of the film from my head. I didn't feel Star Warsy at all. Like no. it, it felt, it just felt weird. It and felt it's really a, weird. But it's, I mean, it's a new generation of filmmakers trying to put their own stamp and their own mark on something that they've grown up <laughs> loving. But I don't think it's right for them. So look, who really You say it? a new generation of filmmakers, and I love that you make it a plural as well, because the solo film has been directed by probably 10 directors Lord Miller and Ron Howard. Yes. So that's three dudes. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Lord and Miller are two separate yeah, dudes. Yeah, it's right. not Lord Miller, um, <laughs> as I did actually initially think. I'm like, oh, it's a royalty making <laughs> making films. That's not a profession they normally get themselves that's right, into. yeah. Uh, so yeah, this film has had a bit of a troubled history. Kathleen Kennedy fired Lord Miller from the production so yeah. while they were halfway through filming it. I think it was pretty much because they were doing too much improv, is what I heard. Is yeah, they come from a comedy background, having done Twenty One Jump Street, yeah, and the Lego Movie, and having um, uh, Donald Glover uh, in a position where he's a fantastic improvised comedian. Yeah. They just sort of let him run a little bit loose and were a bit and Star Wars. Uh, yeah, Kathleen Kennedy and the Disney powerhouse that is you must make films to our cookie cutter mold or you shall not make films at all pretty much stepped in and said no 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 this is too yeah too important for you to be mucking around why would you want to listen to people just making up stuff on the spot that's a horrible concept but then i mean having said that they are making a lot of money out of it but yeah every marvel film has felt exactly the same yeah. for a very very yeah. long time yeah. it's such a uncreative way of making films it's it's cookie cutter they're the kind of films that get solid like 7 out of 10 at the and box also office. like mint and, money and yeah that <laughs> billions <too>. worldwide <laughs> uh so you know maybe it's the right way yeah. to go but anyway stay tuned for that at some point this year i don't even know when it's coming out uh i think it's i want to say april Really? I, I would have put it... Um, that seems a bit early for the American summer holiday blockbusters. American but, summer. Yes, May. 
There we go. May the 4th, even. There we go. Uh, Perfect. Revenge of the 6th. Yes. Uh, all of those Star Wars days. <laughs> um, the Force 13th Awakens. No? <laughs> sure. I'm sure someone will come up with a number for sure, all of them sure. eventually. Okay. The next trailer off the ranks is... Skyscraper. Yes, indeed. Uh, which is a Dwayne Johnson... Um, I want to say vehicle, but I think Liam Neeson has the uh, <laughs> monopoly on vehicle movies. So it is a, an action film where yes. Dwayne Johnson plays a security uh, expert who's come mm-hmm. in to analyze the world's tallest building, mm-hmm. 250 stories over a kilometer tall. Yep. Um, it's a, a vertical city, I believe they sort of describe it as, mm. because it's contained in there are thousands of people and everything you probably never even actually need to leave the skyscraper in, in your entire life everything's there yeah and they're just they uh, bring in a ex-fbi swat team guy who has lost his legs so he's a um single leg amputee mm-hmm. uh to to come in and analyze the security he brings in his family the family are staying there terrorists attack the building Apparently. they set it on fire in the middle and all of a sudden you have a mix of Die Hard and the Towering Inferno <laughs> uh, and in the centre of it is Dwayne Johnson <laughs> trying to protect his family yeah which is a you know a plot point and a concept we've heard a thousand times before the difference now is that we've got Dwayne in there exactly which has got to add some kind of uh, positive attribute to the whole experience right I, I feel as though Dwayne Johnson is in love with action movies of the 90s and he's just like, I wasn't a film star in the 90s so I yeah. couldn't make them then so I have to make them now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's done uh, San Andreas which is your sort of like... Um, earthquake. Earthquake Roland Emmerich yeah, kind yeah. of 90s film. Uh, he's done uh, this which is, you know, Die Hard. He's doing one called Rampage based on the video game of the same name exactly. which again is just action packed. And it just, it just feels, and- it feels like... So there was a point where the Bourne films came out and they sort of changed the way that the action genre is shot. It's no yep. longer your big muscly uh, Arnold Schwarzeneggers with guns shooting all the bad guys. It's much yeah. more sort of stealth, um, superhuman, f- close combat fighting. It's the kind of like live uh, sort of, w- not weedy, but kind of like you are fighting desperately to stay alive and to gain the upper exactly. hand. You don't ever feel like you're in a position of power. And I guess Die Hard is kind of like that, but Die Hard kind of reverses that by giving John McClane the quippiness and the kind exactly. of wit to get by, whereas Jason Bourne is sort of two seconds from death every five yeah, seconds. Yeah, and it feels like that sort of Krav Maga, sort of like yeah. where it was highly trained, incredibly violent, deadly. Precise. And, and precise, yeah. whereas the Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Stallones Just with the bulldozer. big muscles yeah. and I'll shoot you until you die from it <laughs> sort of uh, um, mentality. Yeah. I kind of miss a little bit. I'm glad yeah. I, don't, I don't need it all the time. But uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's movies are there as dessert. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> you know what? I don't feel like thinking in a film and I do want to see lots of terrorists be thrown out of windows yeah, yeah, yeah. and fall a kilometre to the yeah. ground. Also, That'd be great right I now. I want to see gags where Dwayne uh, uses his... He's got a sort of prosthetic leg. He does, And yeah. I'm fairly certain he will use it at some point in the film uh, if the trailer is any indication. And I kind of want to see what he's going to do with it because I know he's going to throw it at a crook at some point and, and scone them in the head. And that's always fun. We always love appendages being thrown at people. I reckon there's going to be a scene in the film where... Um, the bad guy just like is like you're not getting any closer and shoots him in the leg yeah and it's just sort of goes ting he's like guess again and like, <laughs> like charges at him or something like he's gonna yeah. he's gonna use it as like a, a decoy or, or is like he that. gonna drop and pretend he's been hurt oh and then like sneak up on them and go surprise motherfucker <laughs> yeah and then like snap their neck 
I think he's. I, I think both of those are actually going to be in the film. <laughs> he's going to do it to one terrorist and then like go up to the next level because yeah. I think the film's going to be structured like that. Like he has to make his way from oh, the okay. ground yeah, floor yeah. up to the top, and there's 250 levels <laughs> and 250 bad guys yeah. with quippy uh, responses yeah. that he has to take uh, out. I see, to, if, to rescue if the his film family. is like that, I'll be very happy because I, I have not seen a film like that for a long time. When I mean, when was the last Die Hard? That was a good. 92, 93, maybe? The last Die Hard film. Oh, right. I'm actually thinking (laughs) the last good one, which was Die Hard with a Vengeance. Sure. I completely forgot that Die Hard 4 and the Jai (laughs) Courtney Die Hard. No, hang on. Which one was... Jai Courtney was Die Hard 5 and yeah. J- Justin Long was Die Hard 4. I I legitimately thought when you said the last Die Hard, I went 1, 2, and 3. That's all that exists. <laughs> the only thing... I, I have to say this, actually. The only thing that sort of makes me think that this film won't be like those films is the trailer is missing the trailer voice guy. It is. And I haven't heard that guy for he, a long time. That's, oh, did he? he? He passed away. No. Uh, there's, a, there's a documentary about him called In a World... And like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah it's about right. his life. And but um, there are other trailer voice. guys. There are right? other trailer voice guys, but I think as a sign of respect, they all sort of retired. You just know that when his voice comes up and says something like "in a world," you know that the next shot is going to be some action hero making some kind of quippy remark or some kind of action sequence. Yeah, and I miss that. It does. It is at the time. I mean, we can't live in the past. We do have to. Yeah. Yeah. Move on at some point. It's nice to revisit it occasionally. Yeah, but you know, I think it's due for a comeback. I think so. Yep. Anyway, next trailer that we have for you today is another Netflix trailer. So uh, Netflix seems to be churning out the original content. This one's called "When We First Met." Yes. Uh, it is a, a romantic comedy starring one of the guys from Workaholics, who yep. you described as as a budget Mark Wahlberg. Budget Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> and then. Um, uh, a girl who you've seen in films, uh, very attractive, very blue eyes. I yep. think she was in Baywatch yep. uh, and a bunch of other. She was actually in San Andreas, all, both with Dwayne <laughs> The Rock Johnson. <laughs> so um, this one is somewhat of a mashup between uh, Big and Groundhog Day yep. and In Time. So the basic premise is uh, 2014, two people meet at a college party. They immediately hit it off. Uh, the guy falls in love with the girl, but doesn't act fast enough. He gets friend zoned. He gets friend zoned, and then three years later, he's invited to her wedding, and he admits that he's in love with her. Um, there was a moment in their past where they went into a into the uh, photo booth, um, very sort of like Zoltan from from Big, <laughs> yep. um, which is it has that sort of you know brass mystical nineteen thirties yep. sideshow traveling aesthetic to it. Yep. Um, he then revisits that photo booth, disheartened that the love of his life is marrying someone else, puts a quarter in it, and it uh, time travels him back to uh, 2014. Yep. And then he subsequently lives that day over and over again, trying to perfect it to win over the girl. Yes. Uh, in the, the... I think I think the, uh, the premise of the trailer suggests that unlike Groundhog Day... When he goes to sleep after traveling back, yes, so he wakes up three years later, he gets, back in the present. He gets one night with to, to get a yeah. good right, and then and then wakes up three years later and doesn't know what's happened in the meantime yes. and has to experience the consequences of it, of his actions. Yeah, um, in the same way that uh, movie film studios normally does, this film feels like a mashup yeah. of like three or four really really good films. Yep into a film that's just not going to be as good as any of them. In, really, entirely average is what this film's premise yeah, is. Exactly. I, I mean. I was watching the start of the trailer and I'm just like, this is, oh yeah, romantic comedy, romantic comedy. And then it got to the point where he went back to the photo booth. I'm like, please be a time dollar <laughs> please be a machine, please be, and he puts the quarter in and goes back in time. I'm like, yes, <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted from this film because yeah. there was a point there where I'm like, they're not going to, they're taking this too seriously and yeah, it's yeah. going to be a, a crappy, oh, uh, 
you know, girl wins over the guy. And then when they went, actually, it's time travel. And it's <laughs> uh, Back to the Future meets Groundhog Day meets yep. Big. It's all your favorite 80s films yeah, all rolled into one. Exactly. Um, I personally, like, these are the kind of films that always star that schlubby kind of guy. Yeah. That guy that's like... The Joe I'm Everyman. Bit, yeah, but the kind of Joe Everyman that's also a little bit arrogant. Like, I'm too funny for my own good... I frequently get into trouble for sort of mouthing off at other people. People kind of look at me weird because I say weird things and then I fall over and do that kind of stuff. And if you like that kind of shtick, great. If you don't, it's it's one of those films where you will hate every moment of it. And that's where I'm kind of thinking. If you don't like Discount Mark Wahlberg yeah, as, I, a, as again, a comedian... Yeah. Um, He's been in, as I said, Workaholics and... Someone and Dave need wedding dates with Aubrey Plaza and sure. Anna Kendrick, and he's which also wasn't awful. He's also in that other Die Hard film that we were talking about last. Uh, yeah, so it's the, the Die Hard parody where it's the Stoners meet Die Hard. Yeah, which is a bit weird. Like when when they're doing Stoner comedy reboots of a franchise, it feels weird that they come back and do. Or also going to do a serious skyscraper version of that <laughs> same franchise, but. <laughs> Well, maybe it's just the rights have gone up for a an existing film, and a whole bunch of exactly. studios are just sort of nipping and as soon as it. do ideas lapse into Creative Commons, like um, probably not the same way. No. You can't call it Die Hard, but so long as it's you know parody <laughs> laws, then sure, everything's great. <laughs> okay, so that's a whole bunch of trailers there. Now it's funny that we now have to pick a trailer, but the anyone that's listening to this already will know what film we're about to choose because it's the name of the episode. Uh, but oh, that's we, true. Like yeah. I, I legitimately don't know. I like, had that thought how, today. How do other people know what we're yeah. going to choose? I don't even know yet. <laughs> I had that thought today, and I thought, oh, that's lucky for you. You don't have to put up with the whole like, oh, what are we going to do? Whereas we have no idea which one we're going to pick right now. All right. Now, last episode, I chose uh, the film that we were going to re-ravel in uh, our own image. Isaac, I'd like to pass that particular privilege onto you all right episode. so we'll recap we've we have a prequel of a beloved sci-fi character yep we have a classic 80s style action film yep and we have a uh, genre mashup romantic comedy yes what are you feeling what's cooking up in that brain of yours what do we want to send up to the green room right after we pick I really can't pass up on a classic 80s action film. Yes. I think it's, I mean, it's... It's ripe. It's it ripe is absolutely it. ripe. All right, so before we go any further, let's just uh, go for a stroll to the shed. <laughs> Do you pin up any more green things on the, in the shed? I, I started painting it. Okay. So some of the green stuff I've had to pull down so I can um, paint. So you're going to have to watch out for that cacti in the corner and uh, that little puppet Kermit the Frog that I have there because I've had to pull it down. Uh, but I haven't had time to paint the rest of it, so yeah. don't slowly get... Slowly feeling more like yeah, home. Don't uh, let the fumes sort of get to you either. But anyway, let's go for a walk. And we're in the green room. What do you think? I miss how old Grimmer. I'm not going to lie. That it's stroll. It's not the same. It's like a 10 metre walk, but it's like 10 metres I wish I had back in my life. Yeah, that's all right. You know how the, the, I mean, the sting got us there in about a second. This takes about five seconds and that's yeah, just four seconds too long for my it's life. four seconds we can't talk about making our own. That's right. Classic 80s action <laughs> film. <laughs> okay. All right. Classic 80s action film. Do you want to take a moment to sort of talk about the... Uh, the, the tropes? Yeah, you know, all, the, all the great films from the 80s. Yeah. So, I mean, you really had the four big ones, right? Mm. You had um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. 
uh, Sylvester Stallone. Yep. Jean Claude Van Damme. Yep. And I said a fourth one, and I'm not sure. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. I, we could also have Steven Seagal. He's sort of borderline. Steven Seagal's. Yeah, I want to chuck him in there actually more sure. so than uh, Bruce Willis. I mean, they're all they're all sort of in the mix there somewhere, yeah. and they're all still working today. Yeah, which exactly. is the interesting thing. Um, now we don't want to really tread on the same ground that the they did a a, a sort of the Expendables, the Expendables film a, a, series. The ensemble cast gets together. No, this has to definitely no, no, is no, like no. a. Oh, a standalone one-action hero yep. against a bunch of terrorists or a bunch of bad guys in uh, one location. In uh, yeah, I mean, so long as it's like I'll give you one city, uh, like yeah. the one location. Again, I like, I like, actually, I really like that skyscraper is in a single tower. Die mm. Hard's in a single tower. Yep. We pick some sort of environment that offers um, a variety of different sort of like uh, scapes and yeah. Uh, yeah terrains and things like that so like it could be a school i like a school school you've got gymnasiums you've got pools you've got classrooms you've got lecture theaters maybe an abandoned school so we i mean a, a school plays a little bit politically I, I, yeah no, no sorry I'm, I'm going at night at night time, at night okay uh, so there's, there's or it's in the school holidays or something along those lines yeah, yeah, yeah where it's abandoned we set it over the course of a single evening yep um and people have taken over this school yeah, for, for sure. some reason for sure and then you have the action hero who is just when i thought i was out you've dragged yeah. me back in and now i have to so i i reckon the reason why this school has been taken over is because there's an elaborate plot to tunnel under the school into the adjacent bank and rob it absolutely i also think one of the school teachers yep is a government scientist yes who is hiding out there yes from uh from there and I also think that there's a um, a radio tower which has a link yep. to a laser satellite <laughs> that's only accessible from the school as well. Okay. <laughs> Why does this school have so many things? So, hang on. Is it the same? Is it one group of criminals who want all of this? Or is it three separate groups of criminals who are going for one of each of these things and they all converge on the same night inadvertently? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> That's absolutely what happens. Okay. The, the question is then, do we have three action heroes or we're trying to solve three separate No, 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 plots? we have one. One action hero. One. one action hero. Okay, right. And, and, and he's just sort of like... Finally done it. Oh no, there's a second yeah, yeah, plot going yeah, on. Yeah. So like every time he thinks he's sort of making progress, he's suddenly made aware that something else is happening that's completely separate to the thing he's dealing with right now. And it's all happening inside a charming small elementary school yeah. in middle America. In middle America. Um, and yeah, which I, is called Joe Every School. <laughs> okay. Uh, so... Because I love the idea, like, the the exasperated action hero is such a great trope, that kind of, like... Uh, you escape by the skin of your teeth, and yeah, you're yeah, yeah. sweating, and you're bloody, and you're bruised, yeah. but you have no choice but yeah. to pick yourself up you know, the and kind, keep going. The kind of, like, Roger Murtaugh, I'm too old for this I'm shit. Too old. Yeah. yeah, that kind of aesthetic whereby you're just inundated with stuff, but you're like, I have to do this. You know, you know pull up your socks... Roll up your sleeves, get the job done, go home afterwards for a nice cold beer. See, I mean, I, I like it. I like the the one hero who saves the day. Mm. But for the emotional stakes, yes, you have to have like friends that get killed yeah. along the way. You have to have the Carl Weathers that um that get sort of shot oh, yeah. in these very sort of slow motion yep. bullets riddling his body as he stays yeah, yeah, on yeah. his feet, kind of uh, kind of moment. Because then, and it becomes a great revenge story after that. So exactly. what if we make it initially? So our action hero has a buddy. Are they uh, janitors at the school? Yes. Uh, ex ex military buddies ex who who for some reason are working 
yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. As, as janitors because they, yep. they can't get any other jobs. Yep. And like, you know, they're sitting in the, the break room with the mop, sipping yep. a cup of coffee, telling their old war stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and his mate is one day from retiring from being a janitor. <laughs> uh, and otherwise he doesn't get his pension. Yeah, yeah. His, okay, jan- his janitor pension. Yep. Uh, I love this idea because it also justifies the fact that the two of them were housing like their old weapons in a secret room in the school exactly. as well. But the way it should work as well is that part of the film is going to be a journey to try and get to that secret area because they're nowhere near it when the terrorists, criminals, uh, evildoers get there. Yeah. So it's it becomes a... They've locked themselves in a certain area and yeah. have to get there. Yeah. So that's, that's the guys who... Are, the terrorists who are trying to capture the secret government scientist who's yep. working as a science teacher? Yep. Or is it the robbers who are tunneling into the bank? Or is it the guys who are trying to hijack the aerial to get the satellite to control the space laser? <laughs> I think it has to be the that one. The space laser. Uh, space laser. Because that's the stakes that kind of require two former military janitors to go and get their weapons. Yeah. Uh, and to take them down. And then everything else should happen. So they find out that the school has just been raided. So it's nighttime. Yep. The science teacher is working late, so we deal with his story, la- his or her story later. Yeah. Um, so it's late. They suddenly realise that the school's been taken over. They realise that they hear through the air, like the air duct system, because we need to have an air duct oh, absolutely. Um, they hear through the air duct system. There's, there's both an air duct scene yeah. and a sewer scene yeah. and a bank tunnel scene. <laughs> Um, and it's and uh, it's all just this oversized guy who, yeah. who's been constantly forced to be <laughs> crawling through spaces yeah. he doesn't fit in. <laughs> so they hear voices in an obviously foreign accent that isn't Russian, that isn't German, that isn't anything, but just sounds foreign. Yeah. Doesn't sound American. That's the whole point. Yeah. But it's so, not so traceable. So get me in to do my generic Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you get you to do the dubbing for it. In the same way that they dubbed uh, Goldfinger's voice in the... 1963 film of the same name. They, the actor that played Goldfinger actually dubbed because he couldn't speak English. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah. he's Dutch, right? Sure. Oh, maybe. Sure. Whatever. Uh, so we'll get you to do the exact same thing for our yeah. nondescript European terrorists. I mean, the, the other way of doing it is just have, like, a terrorist from every country in the world. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, again, we're not saying... They're not really terrorists. They're mercenary, criminal... Opportunists. ...robbers. And so we take ever 300 and... 60 countries, 270 sure. countries, wherever yep. it is. Or, or all <laughs> one of, them, of each. One of each. Every, <laughs> they all have equal representation within the film. Yeah. And then also, we can then make it one of the, like the highest body count killing <laughs> films ever made. Yes. Because like, I don't think Arnie's only ever really killed like 180 people in a film. <laughs> if we have one person killed from every country in yeah, the world, yeah, we're going to set records. Yeah, of course. Uh, and then the final one should be an American. So like the final like head honcho dude... No, no, or, he's just like woman. So the the superhero, uh, the superhero action here is, what country were you born in? And the guy's like, none. I was born in space. <laughs> and he's from the satellite. Oh, he's from the satellite. Yeah, yeah of course. To, and he's a person of no country. And, and somehow he has no accent either. So yeah, he exactly. just cannot pick what yeah. country he's from. He's got a, a blank accent. Exactly. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know how to do I have it. No idea how. We'll have to computer generate that voice. Yeah, yeah. It's Exa- like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so he speaks like a satellite, basically. Exactly. In like weird beepy booby kind of <laughs> language. Sure. Like yeah, <laughs> and, and he's just trying to get home. That's, and that's right. That's yeah. the twist. That's the twist. Oh, and then they have to have that moment. Yeah, where the action hero is like, "Oh my god, what have I been fighting for? This what have I been time? fighting for? Yeah. Yep. Um. So <laughs> great. <laughs> 
I think there's this like so much actually all, all we have to do the, the plot is uh, again a little bit complex yep. but the good thing about action films is the moment that plot starts to develop yep. you just throw in some explosions yeah, you throw yeah. in some gunfights you yeah. throw in some grenades yeah. and people are like this is what I came here to see I That's don't right. really we have 360 uh, <laughs> countries or 270 <laughs> people to kill in this film there's no time for exposition there's no time for plot yeah well, the thing is, every time you start one thread of a plot, you're going to have to start another one for the next uh, for the other criminal group to start exactly. doing. So we're saying that there's going to be three criminal groups and we're going to split up the 270 people equally between those three groups. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. great. And then we just murder every single one of them. And all of them have on-screen deaths. Yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, that's one of the things. Like, you, you look at a film like Independence Day, right? Mm. Millions and millions of people supposedly die yeah. in Independence Day, but they never actually have on-screen never show kills. Them, yeah. it, it, like, to actually break the records... Uh, for most violent action yeah. film ever made, yeah. you actually have to see each individual person yeah. die on screen. Oh, and they need to have like a death quote as well, or a death line, so that we get to see and hear their accent. Yes, uh, because we, I mean, we can we can re-record the Wilhelm scream two hundred and seventy <laughs> times with each and every with accent. Each and every accent. Can you? I mean, can a scream have an accent? Absolutely. Okay, great. <laughs> this is a lot of foley work we're gonna have to do. For Absolutely. This film. Yeah. Um, oh, I love this. This is such a great idea. Okay. What we're going to have to do is we're going to have to cast this thing. Absolutely. So the 270 actors that we need for the um, for the uh, villains and the crooks, that's fine. We yeah. can get anyone. Absolutely. Uh, but the important characters are going to be born from a satellite evil doer, yep. uh, our main action hero, yep. and then our buddy action hero who unfortunately dies halfway through. And also I think we can cast oh, the scientists scientist as and well. The scientist so there's as well. four main roles there. Four main roles plus 270 extras. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I think we start with the uh, the action hero. Yes. Uh, now, this is a good question. So I don't necessarily want to get uh, an existing action hero Okay. Uh, I think it's that whole, like, oh, let's bring back Bruce Willis, or let's bring back John claude Van Damme, or let's bring back Steven Se- We're not bringing back Steven Seagal. Have you seen him lately? He's puffy. He is awful. Officially Russian. Apparently, oh, yeah, that thing, too. With him as well, if you shoot him, if you ever look at any of his, like, more recent films, he's only ever shot from the neck up. They never actually shoot him in full, uh, in full anymore, because he just doesn't look like an action hero. Um... But what I think we should do is we cast someone fresh. Someone that we can mould in the movie film studio's image as an 80s action hero. Oh, right. I thought we are going to potentially go to the world of professional sports and draw from those guys. Ooh, uh, we, we, we've, we've done, done that We've done that a lot. I'll tell you what sprung to mind, yep. and it may not work, and it may work. Who okay. knows? There's, and thinking about professional sports, yep. uh, world chess champion Magnus <laughs> Carlsen... <laughs> Is like also so like somewhat of that sort of like yep. good looking sort of uh, male model. He's a little yeah. bit buff. Yeah. Um. I reckon we can bring him in. Can we to uh to be a Hollywood actor? I reckon All that's right. the next step in his career. Can we somehow? So you know how um, you when you cast a wrestler or a UFC fighter in a film they generally bring with them their experience of those worlds and they kind of integrate them into the action of the film. Yes, yeah. Can we somehow bring Magnus's expertise into the film? Absolutely. How do we do that? You How have, do- like, traps that go diagonally across the oh, gym and just wipe beautiful. out everyone. Yep. Okay. And it's just like, yeah, it's like a subtle reference. Like, oh, yeah, he definitely took the uh, King's Castle with a, a bishop <laughs> move. That's a great one oh, yeah, there, so, Yeah, we need some, like, great one-liners as well, like, shotgun. To your head. 
Yeah, that's not that's not bad. I get checkmate. I, I'm not sure. Like when Arnold Schwarzenegger was first doing action films, like we're gonna have to work in the fact that he's a bodybuilder. <laughs> um, into this, it's like, looks like I'll be pumping your iron. I actually don't know. That's a, that's really quite bad. But you know what I mean. Like they didn't actually necessarily work that all in. No, but I think we no, do. But we need but, some of it because again. Whilst a phenomenal choice casting, people aren't going to recognize him no. by his by no. his face, and so just the first film that he's in, yeah, like pretty much all of the one liners are chess references. Yep. Well, I think as well, there could be like a nice, cute little scene where he's walking in the cafeteria of the school, and it's got like a black and white uh, checkerboard tile pattern oh, as well, and he starts really cool. moving. That's very just very a good. nice little chess there, there's, move. There's a whole action sequence in yeah, the cafeteria yeah. with the black and white check floors. Oh, okay, imagine this. Imagine this. Black and white check floors in the cafeteria. All the white squares are rigged to blow. Oh, that's fantastic! So he can only move on the black squares <laughs> diagonally like a bishop. That's that is perfect. That is yeah, utterly perfect. All right, his best friend Offsider. Yep. I've had an idea. Yep. You get to choose, but okay. it's going to be a dead actor, and we're going to CG <laughs> his face on. Okay. Um, and because because initially I kind of thought that um. If we're going to do like a chess sort of themed yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. like what's the offsider to the the main guy? It's yep. the queen. Yep. Let's get Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Let's get Freddie Mercury to play his best friend offsider. Oh, I'm like, we can't do that. He's dead. Tell that to Peter Cushing. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, it, it's possible we could. Okay. So rather than Freddie Mercury starring in the biopic of his own name with his own face, we're going to cast him in a 1980s throwback action film. I love it. Let's yeah. do it. As Magnus Carlsen's as Magnus Carlson's best friend, best friend offsider, yeah. ex-military gets janitor, uh, dies halfway through the film. How does he die? I, I he don't needs, know. He needs a really cool death. It has to be like that sort of self-sacrifice. Imagine he's lying there on the ground, like shaking. He's like, leave me, Magnus. Yeah. Like, we're not going to call him Magnus, but whatever. And then it's sort of like the bad guys come up on him and he rolls over yeah. and he's got like grenades all over him. Yeah, and he pulls, and he the, pulls pins, the pin. And he, yeah, he and takes it. out pretty much, you know, all of... Yeah. Uh, Eastern Southeast yeah. Asia, like all <laughs> Singapore and Indonesia and the Philippines, and That's uh, a lot of Wilhelm uh, Yeah, exactly. They they all sort of go up all at once. So, <laughs> I love it. And he needs like a one line at the end, just as just before it's about to blow. He's like, "Don't stop me now." <laughs> and then he just blows up. And then he blows up. Yeah. yeah. I we well, also uh, it would have been a much better. Another one bites the dust. Another, just, <laughs> But what, I mean, how, he, can, he can do both of them, this whatever. En- this entire film is going to be made in Foley anyway, so we'll exactly. just re-record so it. So it's, it's just uh, Freddie Mercury as the offsider, and his only dialogue references all, all of <laughs> all, all Queen, of Queen lyrics, and then Magnus Carlsen, who can only speak in chess <laughs> cliches. Um, all right, so the next one, I don't want to save the... Um, the no country for <laughs> sci- uh, space uh, terrorists yep. for last. So we've got the scientist. We have the scientist. Or the science teacher, rather, who's working late. Oh, yeah. no, so it's the... Sorry, he, it's the... He's a secretly a, a Secretly government. a government. He's, and he's, he's yeah. you know, in witness um, protection. Yep. And maybe that's kind of why you kind of have ex-military guys as yeah, yeah. janitors. Sure. Like, because uh, they're secretly there to oh, protect cause they're prote- him. Yeah, they're protecting him. And okay. so... That's slightly less ludicrous than our <laughs> initial proposal. Um, and so he's in witness protection, yep. uh, trying to t- trying to protect the. Uh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. who do we cast there? Uh, so I'm going to say I want to make him an, an older gentleman, uh, and I immediately thought of Anthony Hopkins. That's pretty good. Uh, I don't know why, but I just feel like he should be in there. Anthony Hopkins is actually quite old. I'm not sure <laughs> if you've seen him recently. He doesn't yes. really look like the Anthony Hopkins. No. Uh, that we no. 
remember. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, we could CGI his younger self onto his body <laughs> if we wanted to. I think I think the audience will get a bit, little bit suspicious <laughs> if there's too many CG face characters. Okay, yeah, in yeah. There. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I don't have any problem with anything. I think he needs to be old. I think he needs. That's why he's in witness re- in, in witness protection. He's had a long, hard life of working for the government as a secret scientist. And he wanted to retire as a science teacher. The government's like, well, you just know too much. You have too many secrets. You know too much of what we were doing in the 80s back in Vietnam. Yeah. Um, we can't just let you do your own thing. Exactly. So we've got our two best agents who are going to be working undercover, <laughs> Magnus and Freddy, uh, who will be responsible for your protection. Exactly. But he's just like, he's just a bumbling old dude. He just wants to what he seems like. live out the rest of his life. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, hang on. Is it? Is there a twist? There here? is a twist. Oh, he invented the laser satellites. <gasps> Hid the blueprints for the laser satellites. Yep. In the bank, <gasps> and oh, so it's all connected. Was responsible for genetically engineering. Yep. The world's first perfect human. Oh my god. Who could only be gestated in space. <laughs> Yes, it all ties it all together, ties in. and yet because the, our heroes don't know it, exactly, they have no idea. They think that there's three separate uh, criminal gangs doing three separate jobs, but right at the end, we figure out that they're all linked together. Exactly, it's all it's all make it all makes sense. Yes, this is it. Okay, we we're now down to the big one. The big one. Who is our generic? Not generic. Who is our genetically genetically engineered? human specimen going to be i mean to me this is the case for cgi to be honest but more than happy to cast someone like paul bethany came to mind because i'm thinking of him in um the da vinci code didn't they shave him and make him yeah i was i was thinking of um scarlett johansson in uh, ghost in the shell yep as that but i actually quite liked your suggestion suggestion there of the first ever completely CG character. Yeah. So there's no motion capture. Yep. There's no voice acting. Yep. There's no um, facial scanning of modeling or yep. anything like that. Yep. Everything is generated by a computer algorithm. I love it. So and, I, yeah, you know how we do the voice? Uh, we get samples from all the 270 extras that we're casting. We can't, we can't do no, it. No, 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 no. It's not re-record. We feed them into a machine. Feed them into the, the algorithm. machine figures out the algorithm and then Analyzes. spits out a new accent. So all we need to do is write an algorithm yeah. that is indistinguishable <laughs> from a person. Yes. So it can pass the Turing test of, like, if you're t- chatting yeah. to it, you can't actually decide whether that is so or is not a human. are we legitimately creating AI here? <laughs> I mean, that- we have to. Okay. We absolutely have to. Uh, a self-aware, self-conscious computer yep. program. Yep. Uh, otherwise, this, you know, we, we can't, you know, have the first completely... Um, okay. We don't even have... we. This is the thing. We don't even have people who are doing modeling of that character. Yeah. The AI has to be intelligent enough to, to create, choose its own physical it, representation on the well, film. it creates itself. Exactly. And, yeah, okay. So, we're, we're going to have to feed in the script as well. Yes. And any di- any footage we shoot so they can get an idea of what, it's, yeah. what it needs to so, do. So, we, we have to shoot the entire film yep. without that in there and then yep. feed that data yeah, into yeah. the algorithm. Yep. And it will put it in as it sees fit. Yep. Uh, and possibly even edit the film, <laughs> change the film, and yep. tweak some of the things to, to sort of suit its vision of yep. itself. This is possibly the most ambitious and grandiose film we've ever made. Well, who knows whether or not it'll get finished. 
because it's contingent on the AI finishing it for us. That's true. It's. I mean, how how hard is AI to, to program? Can't be that hard. Like, yeah. Like I mean, they have they have bots in all of those sort yeah. of like chat rooms that yeah. I'm convinced are people. So like <laughs> I I, I, I imagine it's just like some 13 year old kid at home how hard, in a writing like a C plus plus basic sure. script. Yeah, it's it's a Unix it's a Unix system and I exactly. Know this. Uh, so we should be fine. All these kids, you know the kid that invented Facebook and MySpace and that, they were all in sheds. Exactly. Or in basements somewhere. Yeah. Got to start somewhere. That's where we're going to start. All right. I will go out and buy our programming AI for dummies <laughs> book and uh, and get cracking on that right away. Okay, the very last thing we need to do before we wrap up for this episode is give this film a name. All right, okay. So the 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 names of the films from like the 80s are like Hard Target yeah. and Predator Die and Hard. Die Hard. Yep. Um, Hard to Kill, Rambo, Rambo, Time Cop, <laughs> uh, Under Siege. Yep. Like there's, you know, there's that it can all sort of be said in the movie voice, which yep. is kind of weird. I think what we need to do, because it's in a school, we do need to reference that. So in the same way that Arnie's film Kindergarten Cop, but not as... Yeah, Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> is it that, like it's said in that voice. We're not it's not, <laughs> sort of said in Kindergarten yeah. Cop. Yeah, we, we can't have the levity in our film. That no. doesn't make sense. But I think it needs to reference the school in some in some way. Does it need to reference the, the chess element of it? Uh, possibly. Uh, so chess and school. I like the idea... I was going to say... Checkmate, classmate, like well, ch- chess club, chess club. That's I mean, still that sort of that actually sounds more like last week's <laughs> date night. Like it sounds like we a, made a book couple club. Of romantic comedy. Yeah, yeah, we made book club, and book now club the date, yeah. weird sequel, chess which has, club. <laughs> um, but I, I also like the idea of like uh, the name having the word recess in it as well. All right, okay. Uh, I reckon on the count of three, we both say sort of one kind of like cool actiony word. I'll say the cool actiony word, and you say the class schoolish word, and we'll see how they merge together. <laughs> All right, you ready? Uh, uh, yep, sure. All right, one, two, three, chalk, steel chalk, perfect. Yes. <laughs> it's called steel chalk, um, and it's the uh, the schoolyard action. <laughs> film that's so reminiscent of the 80s that it hurts yeah yeah in a world where not even your school is safe run away from the lasers <laughs> yeah no I, I'm, we'll have to we'll have to reincarnate mr movie voice yeah, yeah we will. He, he absolutely needs to run the trailer for this <laughs> it, one it does yep this is it's the kind of film that does need the inner world at the start of it we can't have a trailer filled with the dialogue actually in the film because there's not going to be much of it anyway exactly uh most of it really is just going to be screamed in different accents, so we can't have that in the trailer. We do need a voiceover. Uh, we'll get on that. We don't have the technology for that anymore, <laughs> but we'll find a way. We'll find a way. Does the inner world guy have an accent? Uh, it's it's like grizzled American. Yeah, it is. It is, I suppose it is very American. Yeah, but like in a in a deep sort of baritone grizzle that it sort of masks the accent a little bit. Yeah, let's it, hope the AI doesn't go. Well, I'm just going to grizzle my voice until it's uh, <laughs> incomprehensible because then that's what no accent is. Who knows? Well, we'll have to subtitle the AI's character's dialogue then because, I mean, wouldn't that be more interesting from a... from a? Um, it definitely gives us more scope with an international market yeah. if the AI is not specifically speaking English. Yeah. It, and not any language, really. It's a language that... Well, to be honest, like if an AI... If we did create that AI... It may not communicate in English. It might communicate in a language that we don't understand. Exactly. It's it's so smart. It's created a language, or maybe it's created a language 
that subconsciously everyone understands. Well, yeah, it's that, not yeah. English, but when it speaks, no matter if you're a native uh, Mandarin speaker or French yeah. speaker or English speaker, you yeah. just know what's being said. That actually makes complete sense, and that's how that AI was able to wrangle 270 representatives of the planet because they were able to speak to each and every one of them without speaking their language. Exactly. So it just says one message. Everyone understands it. They all rally towards the AI. I think it's perfect. It's great. You don't have to write 270 like letters of offer of, of job offers. You just have to write exactly, or, or just film yourself doing one <laughs> and 270 people come in. Just it's flock great. to you. Yeah. I've, <laughs> all right. What was the name of this Steel film? Steel Chalk. Steel Chalk. Coming soon. Coming soon, indeed. I think that's a wrap. I think so, too. Uh, any work. housekeeping for this week? Yes, indeed. Uh, we are on the web. We are moviefilmstudios.net, where you can find all of our previous episodes, some bios of us, and our Mufuzawood page listing yes. every single film we've made. It's a grand, grand list, that one. Uh, we are on Facebook. Like us on there, and have a look at the emoji clues we put up just before we launch every episode. Yeah. Try and guess... This week's episode, this week's if you can, one, even uh, though you're already listening to it and therefore have already guessed it. I don't know what I'm going to do for Skyscraper. I have no idea. Is Oh, yeah, Skyscraper was Skyscraper the was the kernel uh, which, uh, which birthed Steel Chalk. We have to get it out we'll, of the we'll movies it before, we'll, before uh, Skyscraper <laughs> takes all our business. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're at Movie Film Studio. Uh, there's really no point on using Twitter because it's only there to let you know when a new episode is coming exactly. out. We're not good at social media. Yeah, join the Facebook group. That's where the action. Yeah, that's at. where all the action. We'll at. put up. We'll put up the trailers we've watched. So again, you can watch them. Uh, yes. Beforehand and sort of know what we're talking yes, about indeed. a little bit. <laughs> uh, and uh, we are on Podbean. We're on iTunes and pretty much any other place where you get podcasts. So go out there and listen. I suppose all that remains is to once again thank you all for listening to the episode this week. I've been Isaac and I've been AJ. Roll credits. Watch me.